0: How are we this morning? Good, okay. Um, Forgive me for, um, I'm not really sure where this is going yet. I had a message prepared. And uh, we have a non-happy camper. Only if I can have it back. Then I'm not gonna be able to check my little boxes and what I covered, okay. Um, For those of you who weren't here when Jeff did the announcements, um, we all know that Mark and Michelle had been trying for a long time to get pregnant, and they did, and they found out, or were told by their doctor this last week that the baby stopped developing Two weeks ago they can't find a heartbeat and it's probably gonna just pass and i heard that and the first thing i did was you know feel bad for mark and michelle and then it changed to just downright anger and it's anger at an enemy who comes to kill steal and destroy and if this isn't kill stealing and destroying i don't know what is so i've been crying out to god since then on you know why is this happening? What's going on? What do we do? And I've been getting a lot of answers. And today's basically going to be rambling through these answers. Um, and it's, I'm going to be pretty emotional. But the verse I want to use is, and if you've got your Bible, you can turn there 1 Peter 5 8. And hopefully, I've got it bookmarked so I can get right to it. First Peter 5.8. And I'm reading from the NLT. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. The title that's given the enemy there, if you go into the Greek, is the title of someone who very maliciously stabs and attacks someone and injects venom or poison into their soul. So that's how the Bible is describing our enemy, Satan. And I got thinking about it, and the more I look around this church body, the more I see examples in families where Satan is tearing up families, destroying marriages, devastating people, and I'm tired of it. So, as the church, as Jesus' creation to bring heaven to earth now, what do we do about that? I don't know about you, and I can't put on you the things God told me. But basically, I've been pretty lukewarm about this. And you know what Jesus says about lukewarm believers. He just soon spit them out. So today is a call to arms. Today is a call to, if you agree with me, we've just had enough of Satan. Now, we believe in unity. And what is unity? Coming to one mind? As a family of believers, are we willing to rededicate ourselves to standing against the enemy? So what's that look like? If you remember right, when Jesus used the word church, it was ecclesia, And that word is the gathering of believers called out of their homes to place of public forum for the person, purpose of deliberation. And that's what I want to engage in today. What do we do about an enemy who right now feels absolutely free to pillage and destroy our family? Sorry if this seems a little heavy, but it's a pretty serious topic. I want to reference a couple of things that John Wimber said. Uh, let's see if I can get it up here. Everyone know who John Wimber is, the one who started the Vineyard Movement? In his Signs and Wonders conference, he made a couple of interesting statements. One was, against the people who will say something like, Oh, poor Michelle, we don't understand why God did this to her, but it's for our own good and we just need to you know, bear live and bear it and we'll know in heaven what's going on. And Wimber's quote was, that's an abomination to a righteous and holy God who sent his son so that we can have life and have it abundantly. There is nothing abundant life about losing an infant child before it's born. That's not life abundantly. That's being harassed by an enemy that hates us. For those of us who are parents in here, I'm going to draw an illusion that I hope will help you understand where I'm coming from. But if I were a sleazy guy, and I didn't like you, but I was nowhere near man enough to stand up and take you on head on, how could I hurt you the most? And it's go against your children, right? Now, I'm not going to hurt you the most by killing your kid. Because that's a pain that's deep and intense and no parent should see that, but it's something that will pass with time. I can do much more damage to you by just pinging your kid every chance I get and keeping them miserable and confused and off balance because that's gonna tear you up for a lifetime. Everyone see that? We are God's children. That's what Satan is doing to us to get to God because he cannot take God on directly. Make sense? And again, forgive me if this is emotional, but it is. This is a personal attack, and I want all of us to see it that and take it personally, because Satan is against every one of us. Um, The other thing Wimber said, um, if I can find it in here, he talks about the church, and he makes a statement that's pretty brass, brash, whatever that word is, pretty harsh. And he says, particularly in the United States or the Western world, the church, in the time of war, is asleep at its post. We're comatose. We let the enemy just come and do whatever he wants. And we will blame God for it or just say, well, you know, that's sort of stuff happens, which it does. But did that stuff happen in the garden? Did that stuff happen before Satan got control of the world? And didn't Jesus say, I came to undo the works of the enemy? And didn't he also say, as the Father sent me, I send you? So aren't we supposed to be undoing the works of the enemy, too? Do not hear me say that you need to go about this the same way I do. We are all created individuals. We are all created for a different purpose. We are all going to react to this differently. Unity doesn't come and we all act the same. Unity comes in oneness, in focus against the enemy. We all okay, we okay with that? So just because I'm thinking that I need to run out and take Satan head on, which is probably not a smart thing to do, but no one said I was bright, your part may just be in accessory prayer, covering, covering the church. Your part may be covering Jeff, covering the church leadership, covering the families. And if that's what you're called to, how seriously do you take it? If you're called more to the front line, how serious do you take that? When we see something that is unjust, something that is obviously not the heart of God, do we take it on, remembering it's not against flesh and blood, but it's against spirits in the heavenlies, evil spirits in the heavenlies. Do we take this on as prayer? Do we intercede for the people? Do we do it regularly and purposefully? I know I haven't been. I think I do it when the whim hits me or certain times a day, although I thought I did it a lot. But as God pointed out, his word says, give thanks to the Lord in everything. It says be praying continually. I don't pray continually. I pray every day and throughout the day. But I have a lot of times when I fall asleep and I see things that are obviously the enemy, and I just sort of let him go, you know, eh. but no more. Um, I've got to be smart enough to set the timer on this thing so it doesn't keep shutting off on me. So three things I wanted to focus on. Jesus said, I came to undo the works of the enemy. And I think I said that a minute ago. I came so that you might have life abundantly. And the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. How many people do you know, whether it's inside this church or outside of this church, are struggling with things that are clearly not God's intent for his kids? How many families are torn apart by addictions? How many marriages are being torn apart because the enemy gets one to think badly of the other or just plants little lies in their heads? Remember, all it takes to commit a sin is believe a lie of the enemy and then act on it, which is why we need to know the word of God and we need to know his intent for his children. And we need to know whose image we are created in. And we need to never forget the authority through Jesus Christ in us that we carry. Can the enemy trump us if we stand against him? No. And I want to get on that a bit. If we stand against the enemy on our own strength, we're going to lose. But what did God give us? Authority. He gave us, yeah, authority. He gave us the comforter, right? He's not the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit he gave Jesus at his baptism. The enemy cannot stand against the Holy Spirit. How often do we grieve the Holy Spirit by not walking step by step with him through every day? How often have we missed something and not listened to the Spirit's guidance or not engaged the Spirit first before we do something? I know I'm guilty of that. As a body of believers, isn't it our job to help each other stand fast in the Spirit? How can we do that when we're disjoint? I've got to quit thinking. Um, How many here, and Mary, this feeds right off the word you gave this morning, I think. Um, How many here are willing to rededicate themselves to standing against the enemy? Good. All right, me too. Do we take full advantage of what we have here? Do we take full advantage of the gifts the other people in this body have? Again, everyone here is unique and everyone brings a gift to the table that the rest of us desperately need. We need to be at the point where we don't show up at church so we get fed. We need to show up at church so we bring to the body the gifts that we have and we can bring those to bear against where the enemy's messing in their life. We don't show up for ourselves, we show up for everybody else. And when we don't show up, we're pulling a plug out of the wall that protects the rest of the body. Does that make sense? Has anyone thought of it that way before? And I'm not trying to put guilt on anyone because there's no guilt in Christ Jesus. I'm not trying to condemn anyone because there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So take what I'm saying to God. And if there's some conviction, great. And if God gives you a gold star, great. It's not my job to judge who's doing what. I'm just giving a dump on what God's been giving me and hopefully that'll help someone. Um, Are there any questions? I mean, we are the ecclesia, we're supposed to be deliberating. This was never intended to be one person talking to all, all the others. This was supposed to be God talking through everyone to the body. So has anyone got any questions or getting anything from God they think should be added right now? I think we need to know one another. And as a person in the creation, we all, whether you realize it or not, for all 10 years, I'm in a season of opening up. And it's really difficult. in it. Now, I'm gonna change gears a little bit. As a body of believers, as the ecclesia, we are the frontline war against the enemy. We are the ones who are supposed to shed light or put light on the darkness, and darkness will flee. Wimber used to say this is a, uh, it's an area where everyone gets to play, was his terms. But there is no single person in this church that is more important than anybody else. We all bring our gifts and we all bring it. If we bring it together, it's stronger. Jeff and I and Mark are given the task of equipping the saints. You guys are the saints, because so are Jeff and I and Mark. We're, We're not above anybody. We just have a little bit different calling on our life to help people be able to stand and fight the enemy. We have life groups, and with the life group leaders, I've, asked every, I've told every one of them, you can do whatever you want as long as it's spirit-focused and it's helping people get closer to a life in the spirit. We have the School of Kingdom Ministry, which if you want to get on the field and play, maybe you ought to know how to do it. The School, school of Kingdom Ministry we do, is a very good hands-on course for knowing who we are in God, knowing what God is, and knowing the tools the Spirit gives us. It's a nine-month-long program, and it costs $250. But I think it's well worth it, and there are a number of people who have been through it, and I have not heard one person say anything bad about it so far. Most people tell me it's been life-changing, and I've got some heads going up and down from people who've been in it. So if you haven't been in it, come see me. Come talk to Jeff. Jeff. I want to run it again this fall if we run it, and I hope we have enough people. It'll be September through May, but it's a very good course. The other thing is at the end of every service, Jeff calls up the people who have been through the School of Kingdom Ministry and have actually had hands-on practice hearing from the Spirit and seeing what's going on and ask people if they need prayer, come up. Usually it's only one or two people a week and I have a hard time believing that there aren't more people than that that have something in their life that they need prayer for. So why don't we come up, why don't we get prayer? Is it fear? If it's fear, it's from the enemy. Fear is not one of God's tools. He looks in his toolbox to help people and there's no fear there, he can't give it out. That's the enemy's tool. Is it pride? Oh, I don't want people to know my mess. I don't want people to know I haven't got it all together. Again, that's the enemy. There isn't a single one in here that's got it all together. We're all a work in progress. um, Back when I was in college, and yes, they had colleges when I was young. It was a new concept back then. When I was studying abnormal psychology and one of the things that I remembered was being normal is being maladjusted to the correct extent. We've all got some of that going on, guys. So why do we not take advantage of the tools the church has? What are Jeff and I doing wrong? What is a body are we doing wrong? I mean, the enemy's having a field day here and I think we need to come together and agree on the fact that we're tired of it and we're gonna rededicate ourselves to Stopping the enemy in his tracks here, and then taking this out to the world. I mean, isn't that the Great Commission? Isn't that what Jesus told us to do? If we know it and we're not doing it actively, intentionally, and purposely, aren't we lukewarm? Okay, I'll get off that soapbox. That brings up something else, and this is a little bit different topic, but something God's been working with Harry and I on quite a bit here recently, is the concept of honor and submission. Um. (laughs) In our culture, submission has a very negative term, and I know people picking up the Bible and thumping other people with it will say, you must submit to me, or something like that. Now, submission is a gift that must be freely given. Can't be required. That's manipulation. It can't be pushed or beaten. It's got to be freely given. Was Jesus in submission to God? Any question about that? Where did Jesus' covering come from? Came from God, right? Anyone remember the verse where Jesus talks about those who are in obedience to the enemy, are children of the enemy, not children of God? Remember that? That's got a pretty scary connotation to it. What it really says is, you are the child of who you submit to, and your covering comes from who you submit to. Think about that for a bit. If we spend our time focusing on the negatives of the world and what Satan does, then Satan is bigger in our mind than God is. And who's covering are we under? Who are we given permission to traffic in our lives and tear apart our marriages and our families? Yet, if we do what the Bible says and give thanks to God on all things, all things at all times, then there's no room to credit the enemy by being afraid of them. Because if we're afraid of the enemy, in our mind, someplace the enemy is more powerful than God. And that's who we're worshiping is the fear. And when we worship the fear, fear is what grows in us. And we see the whole world through fear. That's not what God's intent. That's Satan's intent. Um, and I didn't mean to get in this, into this too much. But take it to God and ask him, study it out. But the scripture is very clear about we should be focusing on the Lord. Why do you think he was so adamant about not having idols? Because you become what you focus on. And if you're focusing on an idol, you're going to become that idol. Whether it be Satan, money, whatever it is. You're focused on that idol, you're in submission to that idol, you're under that covering. And behind most idols is an evil spirit. Now I don't want to be, I'm not trying to pull a devil out for, or a demon out from under every rock. But the Bible's pretty clear that the enemy is real. And the enemy hates us. And he's come only to kill, steal, and destroy. And I don't know what the order of those three, but I believe those are the three in there. I'm kind of looking to you for validation. Yep, okay. <laughs> I'm under his covering. Um, But think about that. Be intentional and purposeful in what you think about and what you honor. Because what you honor is what you're submitted to. And what you're submitted to is what you're giving permission to traffic in your life. We all have blind spots. That's why we have the small groups. It's why we surround ourselves with like-minded Christians, like-minded people. We're all God's children. What's Graham uh, Cook say? There's two kinds of people in the world. There's Christians and there's pre-Christians. Um, but if we surround ourselves with people that they love us, we love them, we're united in the faith, They will point out the places that we don't see where we're worshiping or in submission to something other than God. We need that help. We all need it. Good Lord knows I need it. You know, there are are times that I get wound up on the wrong thing. But the goal is to always be wound up for God. Bible talks about a righteous anger. And I've come to believe that a righteous anger is never about me. If I'm defending myself, that's not a righteous anger. That's, that's Satan-induced. But when I get mad at Satan for what he's doing to God's children, then that's a righteous anger. That make sense? What Satan is doing to my brothers and my sisters, what Satan is doing to this body or this family, if I'm not willing to stand firm on the belief that I bring to bear something that can help you, then am I really a family member, or am I just a poser? And again, I'm not putting that on anybody else, but it's a question God's asked me. If I'm not in this totally and totally committed, what am I in it for? That was also a Wimber statement. He, When he came to Christ, he said, if I'm coming, I'm coming all the way. And I'm going to do the foolish thing in the eyes of the world. Because his next line was, I didn't realize it was going to be the foolish thing in the eyes of the church, too. But the church has been become, for the most part, culturalized and contextualized to our society, to the beliefs of the society. And we get all wound up about what's going on, and what the enemy's doing in the world. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to get wound up about what God's doing and what we can do to bring his will on earth, not the enemy's will on earth. Okay, I need to get off the soapbox. Who here is willing to rededicate themselves to taking a stand for the kingdom of light? Why don't you all come up front? And Jeff, if you would come up here with me. I'm going to get this out of the way if I can do it without spilling. We all know that God talks to every one of us all the time. And it's interesting because I can usually talk to one person at a time, but God's not limited by that. He's absolutely able to speak to every one of us. And we know that he does. A lot of people view God as kind of a deaf mute. I view him as kind of like, you know, Chatty Cathy. He's always telling us something. The question is, are we listening? Every one of us right now is getting something from the Spirit or something from God. And every one of us has something somebody else needs. Whether it be just a word of encouragement, whether it be a download of power from the Spirit, I can't put a box on it. I'm not going to put a box on it. But I want you to just look at the people here and see who God's highlighting and go pray with them. Yeah, it's a step out. We're going to feel kind of like, I can't do that. That's the enemy putting fear in you. Yes, you can do that. God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You are not orphans. Doesn't he say, I will be with you all the time? It's time to start, where did the book go? We read the Bible. It's time to start believing it and trusting it.